This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Matthew chapter 16, but that's going to come at the end of the podcast. And um, I'm going to try this. This podcast may be a little longer than usual. I'm going to try to make it as short as possible. Uh, but I want to cover an interesting topic, and that's Satan and, and demons. Um, and it, trust me, it fits in with Matthew chapter 16. But the other day I was at work, and uh, I was in one of my stores that I service, and the Coke guy comes up, the guy that sells Coca-Cola products, uh, he comes up to me and uh, he begins to tell me about what has been taking place at a revival that he was involved with. He, he, he plays guitar, shout out to Matt, and uh, he also preaches. And so uh, he, he was telling me about this guy who they think was demon-possessed that was causing a lot of disruption at, at this revival. And so this sparked a, a, a conversation between uh, he and I and some others that worked at this particular store. And th- the question was, uh, can people be demon-possessed today? And as we got into that conversation, it led to another question. Can Christians, people who are following Jesus, can they be demon-possessed uh, today? Um, and I'm just going to say this right up front i i don't pretend to have all the answers i don't have all the answers and i could be wrong about what something that i say here and you may disagree with something i say and you may agree with everything i say but what i'm going to do in 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 this podcast is is give my answers and give my thoughts uh to these questions and then and then i'm going to tie it in i promise you it's going to make sense at the end but i'm going to tie it in to the end of matthew chapter 16 because Peter uh, is questioning Jesus and he's telling Jesus, I'm not going to let this happen. And Jesus looks Peter dead eyeball to eyeball, straight face and says, get behind me, Satan. So we're going to tie all this together. Um, so let's jump into this real quickly. Uh, Satan was an angel created by God. And I know a lot of people going to have an issue with that. Uh, because they're going to blame God for all the evil because he created Satan. But Satan was an angel, and angels were created by God. Uh, no, God did not uh, uh, create evil. Uh, the devil uh, was an angel in heaven at some point, and he became prideful, and he decided he wanted to take God's place. And so he was cast down out of heaven and he was thrown down to earth now some verses to go uh, that goes with that is isaiah 14 verse 12 it says how you have fallen from heaven O morning star son of the dawn you have been cast down to the earth you who once laid low the nations now in context of this passage in isaiah 14 12 uh, in context it refers to the judgment against the king of Babylon. But however, uh, most scholars believe that this passage has a dual meaning. And that other meaning would refer to Lucifer or Satan or the devil as being cast down from heaven. O morning star. And that word star being Lucifer, which is the same person as Satan or the devil. And he is cast down from heaven. Now, Revelation chapter 9, and it's not revelations, by the way, it's revelation. It's just the revelation of Jesus Christ that John wrote. Uh, revelation chapter 9, verse 1, refers to a star that falls from heaven and given the key to the bottomless pit. Now, uh, most people believe that when Satan was cast down from heaven, he took a third of the rebellious angels with him, and this comes from Revelation chapter 12, verses 3 and 4. This says, Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, with seven crowns on his heads. Uh, his tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky. 
and he threw them to the earth. And he stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. Now, John, who is the author of the book of Revelation, this revelation of Jesus Christ, he tells us who this dragon is, so we don't have to guess. Because uh, a lot of there's a lot of imagery and a lot of uh, uh, words that you know and, and ideas that we don't really understand. Two thousand years later, the Book of Revelation was written to a bunch of persecuted Christians right after Jesus had gone and the church began and the church is being persecuted. They're literally literally dying for their faith, and so this Book of Revelation was written for them. That's why Jesus says in Revelation two ten, "Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life." So it's it's basically written to show them. Uh, this hope that they have that if they do give their life for Christ, they're going to be with him in heaven for eternity. And that's all of our hope. That's the hope that we have inside of us. That's the hope we have to this day to be with Jesus forever. But anyway, so John, who is the author of Revelation, he tells us who this dragon is in verses 7 through 9. And he writes, Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels, keep that name in mind. It's going to come, that name is going to come up again later on. But Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. He and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, which means opposition. Um, the one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. So there we have it. The, the angel and these rebellious uh, I'm sorry, the devil and these angels who were rebellious, they're, they're cast down to earth, this earth, earth that we live on. And we see this right there in the creation story that Satan was around when God created man and woman. And we know that Satan is the great deceiver. Uh, Genesis 3.1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And, and this is what's weird. The serpent could talk. Um, it, and, and we know that was the devil. Uh, but uh, he said, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? And so what he does, he begins to plant doubt in E's mind. And he begins to get E's focus off of God and what God said to do and not to do. And he got E's attention on that fruit that she was not supposed to eat. So he, he, he was, and this is going to come up again in, in just a few minutes. In this study, but uh, the serpent was more crafty. The the Bible says, um, Ephesians chapter six verses ten through thirteen. Paul says, "Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes." And the word in the Greek here is methodia, which means cunning arts, deceit, crafty, trickery. It literally means Someone, if you can just picture somebody traveling down the road and, and down the road in front of them, there's some person waiting in the bushes or behind a tree or somewhere. And this person that is traveling does not know that they're there. And then all of a sudden, as they get uh, closer to that person, they jump out and they grab them and, and they, they, try to, they, they try to destroy them. They pounce on them and, and then beat them up and maybe kill them or whatever. That, that is literally what this word schemes means. Uh, methodia in the Greek. Uh, Paul says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And so picture the devil as he's, you know, we're trying to walk with, with God. We're trying to walk with Jesus to the best of our abilities each and every day. But yet the devil is right there waiting to pounce on us and, and try to, to discourage us from following Jesus. I'll talk more about that in just a second because Paul goes on to say in verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 6, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against power, uh, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. We'll talk more about that in a minute, too. Uh, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, stand. So this is why Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, stay alert or it uh, i think the king james says be sober because what happens when, when if we have if we put drugs into our body if we put alcohol into our body we're not sober anymore our our, our our minds are altered 
And so we, and so that that's when Satan likes to work, um, or when you know something has happened in our lives, and it just it just knocks us for a loop, if you will, and we're not thinking correctly, we're not thinking straight, and so Satan will, will take advantage of those situations, and that's why Peter says, "Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil, because he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour." So we see this actually take place in the book of Job when Satan decides to show up uh, before God when the other angels show up to give an account to God. In Job chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, it says, when the day, uh, One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, From roaming throughout the earth going back and forth on it. Why? Because he was looking for somebody to devour. That's when God says, have you considered my servant Job? And and the devil has this conversation with God and says, I, I can't touch Job. you got a hedge of protection around him and his family. And, uh, and so God removes that hedge of protection and allows uh, Satan to come against Job and his family, wipes out his family, wipes out all of his livestock, makes Job sick, and Job is sitting there, in all this despair and misery, knowing that he's lost his family, and he has this sickness where he has to take this broken pottery and scrape boils on his body, and uh, we don't know uh, how long uh, Job was in that condition, but it had to be miserable, but he never did. Uh, even though he did question God, he never did deny God. He stayed faithful uh, to God, but the point in that was for me to show you uh, that that Satan uh, came before God and God questioned him and he says, "Hey, I'm, I'm walking around on you know you cast me down to the earth and that's what I'm doing. I'm walking around. I'm trying to discourage anybody that I can from following you, I'm trying to to devour them. And so, what we see uh, with our eyes today in this world, I mean, here it is, 2023. It's two thousand uh, over 2,000 years since Jesus was walking this earth and even longer since God created uh, the earth and the heavens and everything that's on it. Um, and we see people doing the most heinous acts against other human beings and, and I mean, just horrific stuff. Uh, and you could just turn on the news and, and, and fill your minds with this this crap, if you will, that's that's just going on in our world. It's just, it's, it's pathetic. It's It's sickening. Um, and, and all we can think is, how can people do this to each other? Why, why are people doing these terrible things to other human beings? And, and so Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us as a, a follower of Jesus, this Holy Spirit lives inside of us and it produces fruit. And he gives us a list of that fruit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says, uh, Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when we turn on the news and we see all this crap that is going on in our world, that's not what we're seeing. That's not what the news is reporting. We're, we're seeing murders and people walking into uh, offices and, and uh uh, factories and school buildings and shooting up people, innocent people ha who have done nothing. They don't even know the people, but yet they're just mowing them down like there's, you know, their life has no meaning or no purpose. And we know that that's not the case. We know that those people are are uh, the Im are made in the image of God, and that they are a workmanship of God. He has He has given them life and He has given them purpose, but yet. These people who do not follow Jesus, who do not have the Spirit of God living on the inside of them, they're not producing this fruit. They're not producing love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. They, they're, they're quite the opposite. They have no self-control. They don't have any love. They don't, they don't care about anybody but themselves. And, and, and so... It, just like we can, we, you know, we can't see the Holy Spirit in those who follow Jesus, who have given their lives to Christ, but we can see the Holy Spirit working in their lives. We can see that because of the fruit that the Holy Spirit is producing in their lives. Well, it's the same thing with the enemy. It's the same thing with Satan, the devil. Uh, he and his demons influence worldly people who do not follow Jesus, right? 
and so these people just they don't care and they don't think anything about it and they just they do his biddings um we we can't see the devil working you know we can't see the devil himself we can't see satan himself we can't see demons themselves but we can see how the devil influences people how the devil or his uh his demons are working in people's lives just as if people who follow jesus are producing fruit because the holy spirit is working in their lives we can see that fruit well we can also turn on the news and see the fruit that people who satan is their god little g if you want to put it that way and and Say they're allowing Satan to influence their decisions in their lives, and we can see the fruit of that. We can literally see Satan working evil in the world. <clears throat> and Paul says that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, or in other words, we're not seeing, we're not fighting against people that we can see. We're fighting against someone that we cannot see, and that's Satan, the devil, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him. Um, and that is why we have to have God's help because we cannot defeat the devil on our own. Do not, and I'm going to repeat this, do not underestimate the power of the devil. Do not underestimate the power of Satan or his demons. Uh, I'll give you an example just to show you how, how strong and powerful the devil is. Uh, Daniel was fasting, and you know the Daniel, the prophet in the Old Testament. He he was fasting for three weeks, and he's waiting on this answer from God. He's praying and he's fasting, right? And so he's waiting on this answer. That's twenty-one days, three weeks. And Daniel ten two through fourteen says, "At that time, I Daniel mourned for three weeks, right? So he's in mourning. He's fasting. He's praying for three weeks, twenty-one days. I ate no choice food. There's your fast. I ate no meat." Or wine did not touch my lips. That wine was what they would drink, the grape juice. Uh, it was just their culture. Uh, and I used no lotions at all until three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. And I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning. Uh, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished, burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. It sounds like the description of Jesus in Revelation 1, actually. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone. So them guys knew that something was going on, and Daniel was seeing what was going on. And Daniel says, I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. And then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell in a deep sleep, and my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees, and he said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. So he's in the presence of God. He's in the presence of an angel. And he says in verse 12, this angel says to Daniel, he says, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God. 21 days ago, three weeks ago, Daniel, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. So the angel says, look, the very first moment you started praying three weeks ago, your prayers were heard. And God sent me to give you an answer. But there there was an opposition, which is Satan. That's what Satan means, opposition. There was opposition to me, and he was he was keeping me from getting to you so I could give you the answer. That's why he says, but the prince of the Persian uh, kingdom... The Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. In other words, I, I couldn't get to you because I was having to fight this opposition. And, and, and so it, they were hindering me from getting to you. So I had to get help. And Michael, remember we just mentioned Michael a while ago in the book of Revelation. Here is Michael again in the Old Testament and the New Testament. This archangel, one of the chief princes, archangels, 
Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. See, the devil was trying to hinder Daniel's answer to his prayer. And 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 the Gabriel says, I, I couldn't get to you because of this opposition, because of Satan. He was hindering me. So I had to have help from another angel. So so if and this is going on in a whole another realm that we can't see in this spiritual realm. And so my point in saying all of that is the devil is is strong, much stronger than we are as humans. And 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 we cannot defeat Satan on our own. I don't care how much you know the word of God. I don't care how close you walk with God. And we're going to see that in just a minute. The devil is very, very powerful, and he's very, very strong. And it took two angels to uh, to combat him just to get, and it took tw- uh, 21 days, three weeks from the time that Daniel began to pray. He's met with opposition. It took another angel to step in to help this angel to where he can go and, and get to Daniel three weeks later and give him the answer to this prayer. Now, think about that. Gabriel a mighty and powerful angel from God had to have help from another angel named Michael in the struggle with Satan because he was trying to do anything that he could to disrupt that answer uh, from God to Daniel's prayer. Um, There's actually an example in the New Testament where there's some priests trying to take out demons, right? Uh, Trying to cast them out uh, like Jesus did, like his disciples did. And like Paul and the other uh, other disciples were doing, and they wanted to try it for themselves. But the only problem was they they weren't followers of Jesus. They were they were not filled with the Holy Spirit, and it didn't turn out too well for them. In Acts nineteen verses thirteen through sixteen, it says some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon possessed, but they didn't know Jesus. They were just trying to use the name of Jesus to drive out demons. And, you know, they want to show off. They want to say, hey, look how powerful I am. Look how strong I am. I, I can cast out demons too. And so they would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. So they didn't know Jesus for themselves. They just heard Paul preach about Jesus. Or they've heard these great things that God has done through Paul. And they know that Paul's preaching on Jesus. So they realize that the power comes from Jesus. And so they're going to try this in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. They didn't know Paul, They didn't know Jesus for themselves, they said, I, I, I command you to come out. They're, so they tell this to the demon. In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And so we got priests involved. And one day the evil spirit answered them and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? And then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. And he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. This is this is multiple guys trying to cast the demon out of one guy. And that one person who is filled with the demon whooped their tails so bad that they left the house naked and bleeding. Every one of them. That's what I'm saying. Satan is strong. The devil is strong. His demons are strong. And without Jesus, we do not stand a chance against them. Understand that. Please understand that. It's very important. And so Jesus said, Satan is the ruler of this world. In John chapter 12, verse 31, we've already established the fact that he's been cast out of heaven he had to go somewhere. Well, the Bible tells us that when he was cast out of heaven, he was he was thrown down to the earth. We just covered that. And so Jesus says in John 12, 31, that Satan is the ruler of this world. Paul says the same thing in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. <clears throat> excuse me. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, when he says, The God, little g, of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. So here's a good question. Why do people today refuse to ignore Jesus and what he did on the cross? Why do they not want to listen to the gospel and be obedient to it? The good news of the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's the gospel. And the answer is given to us right here. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, 
because Satan, the God of this age, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Jesus even confirms this in Matthew 13 in the parable of the sower. Uh, and in that, the, you know, he, the farmer is going out and he's sowing seed in this parable. And, and Jesus says, A farmer went out to sow his seed and he was scattering the seed and some fell among the path and the birds came and ate it up. Well, just a few verses later, Jesus gives an interpretation of that parable to his disciples. And he says, Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, about the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, the kingdom of God, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So Jesus gives us the answer. Why do people refuse to ignore Jesus and what he did on the cross? It's because the enemy, the opposition, Satan... As soon as that, and we see this a lot, people hear the message of Jesus, whether it's being preached in a sermon, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's on YouTube, or in a song, what, however they hear the message of Jesus and what he's did for them on the cross and the love that he has shown them and displayed to them and the grace and the mercy that he is giving them, you know, it, it, it goes into their heart, but immediately the enemy comes in and just snatches that seed away and, and the seed is good the, the seed is always good the seed is always going to be used for something in this case it was uh the birds it was bird feed on the on the the, the ground but uh jesus said that seed is, is been stolen away uh by an enemy so even though satan or the devil whatever you want to call him he is the ruler of this world for now right we must remember that, and this is very important, Satan is not the opposite of God, as a lot of people say. Um, think about God for a second, if you can, in our little brains. But God is, this is a big word, omnipotent. God is omnipotent, and all that means is God is all-powerful. God can do anything that he wants to do. He is not limited. He is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. Also, God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. Psalm, uh, Psalm 139 covers this very well, along with this next one. Uh, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at all times. And I, I encourage you to go back and, uh, when you have time and read Psalm 139 because David says, there's no place that I can go to get away from your presence. You're everywhere I go. <clears throat> and he also says that you know everything that I'm going to say before it even comes out of my mouth, before I even have the thought in my head, you already know what I'm going to say because he's all-knowing, he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere at all times. The devil is limited. Satan is limited. His power has limits and he can be overpowered by God, which is why Jesus was able to cast out demons. Because the devil is limited. Matter of fact, demons even tremble at the name of Jesus and in the presence of God. James chapter 2, verse 9. The devil is not all-knowing. He doesn't, he's, he, you know, when Jesus was walking around this earth, and he would be invited, say, to a Pharisee's house. And, and like the instance when uh, the woman came in and washed his feet, with her tears and her hair. And, and, and the Pharisee just thought in, in his mind, he said, if, if this guy was really the Messiah, he wouldn't allow this to happen. He would know what type of woman was washing his feet. <clears throat> and Jesus knew exactly what that Pharisee thought. And Jesus called him out in front of everybody and says, hey, I know what you're thinking. I do know who this woman is. And, and she is doing a great thing. And she will be remembered for this for the rest of her life. It's going to be written in my word for a, a memory of her and what she has done. She's preparing me for my burial, my death. And so Jesus knew what that Pharisee was thinking. And this happened several times on other occasions. The devil can't do that. He does not know what we are thinking. That's why it's it's just we have to watch what, that's what I'm trying to say. We have to watch what we speak, what comes out of our mouth. 
because the devil can take what comes out of our mouth and use it against us. He does not know what we're thinking, but if we speak it, he can use it against us. And that's another podcast for another day. Um, but the devil does not know what people are thinking. Uh, he's not omniscient and he is not omnipresent. The devil can only be at one place at a time, which is why he uses his demons to, to get his will accomplished. He can only be in one place at one time. God, God is omnipre- omnipresent. He could be everywhere and he is everywhere all the time and he knows every single thing about us. Everything about our characteristics, everything that we do uh, in the dark and in the light. God knows it. In our conversation, talking about when I was at the store and talking with Matt and some of my other friends at the store. In our conversation, we were talking about demon possession and the question comes up, can, be, can people be demon possessed today? Well, let's talk about that for a second. And let's break it down like this. You know, it's obvious when Jesus was walking the earth, and we've covered this, you know, as we cover the Gospels, we see this over and over again, uh, that people were possessed by demons and, and because Jesus would have to cast them out. People would literally bring their loved ones to Jesus to have the demons cast out. And sometimes Jesus would just show up and the demons would just start freaking out in the people and Jesus would, would cast them out. Um there were, um, well, let's just talk about some characteristics of people in, in the Bible who were possessed by demons. Uh, they had, uh, if I can say this big word, extraordinary strength. Uh, as in the case was the man who lived in the tombs at Gadarene when Jesus showed up on the boat and, and, and he saw this man running around naked who had had chains hanging from his arms and his legs because the people of the town tried to bind him in these chains and he had this strength that, that no man could possibly have and he would be able to break the chains and not only would he break the chains he would just beat anybody up that come into to his territory he had extraordinary strength um people who were demon possessed they couldn't speak uh they would beat themselves up on occasions they would cut themselves uh, they were naked, such as the man at, at, at Gadarene, and so they had they showed immodesty. Um, they had the ability to share information that no one else could possibly know, such as that little girl who f- would follow Paul everywhere that he goes, crying out, "These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved." Well, can people be demon possessed? Well, obviously, they can. Uh, from back in the Bible. Uh, but what about today? Well, let me ask you this question. Do we see things like this in the world today? You answer that question. Answer this question. Is there evil in the world today? If people cannot be demon-possessed, then let me ask you another question. Where did demons go after Jesus left? They were still around when he was gone after he ascended to the Father in Acts chapter 1 or at the end of Luke because uh, in the book of Acts we see the apostles were still casting out demons after Jesus had ascended back to the Father and was sitting at his right hand. After the church began, they were still casting out demons. The only good argument one would have is that... Um, this stuff went on to show, like the you know the demon possession being cast out. This stuff went on to show God's power when the church first begun or began, and after the apostles died, and the power of the Holy Spirit couldn't be passed on because the power of the Holy Spirit was passed on by the laying of the hands of the apostles, and we see this over and over again throughout the Book of Acts. And so a lot a lot of people have this idea that when the apostles died out, all this stuff. Uh, died died out and didn't happen anymore uh and 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 i would say that's a good argument to have uh to you know to come at this question with but uh again i'll ask the question where did the demons go and where did the devil go the world is still here and obviously evil still exists and we already have established 
that the devil or Satan is uh, the ruler of this world. So where did he go? Where did the demons go? Evil is still present with us. Opposite of that, hey, God is still here. And he lives in the believer. Those who follow Jesus, those of us who have been washed in the blood of Jesus, have been filled with the Holy Spirit, meaning from John 14 that God lives inside of us. The Father and the Son, through the power of the Holy Spirit, live in us. He lives in the believer. So, can demons still possess people? My answer would be yes, just to put it plain and simple. And we see their influence all over the world. However, I'll say this. Christians, those of us who have put on Christ, died to ourselves, and have been filled with the Holy Spirit, we cannot be possessed by the devil. And here's why I say that. Jesus is the light of the world, right? John chapter 8, verse 12. And the Bible says light and darkness cannot dwell together because light casts out darkness. John chapter 1, verse 4 through 5 says, In him was life, and Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And guess what? It still hasn't overcome it. It's not going to overcome it. Light overcomes darkness. Go in a dark room and strike a match and see what happens. It can be pitch black dark, but yet when you strike that match, that little bitty flame, the darkness flees and you can start to see objects in the room. Why? Because darkness cannot overcome light. Light overcomes darkness. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him, to heard from Jesus. And we declare to you, God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. I want to read John chapter 8, verse 12, a verse I referred to just a second ago. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And, and the passage, uh, I think it's Colossians 3.10, where it talks about God has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of light. He has taken us from darkness, this world, and and where Satan is the ruler of it, and he has put us in his kingdom, the kingdom of light, because it's ran by his son Jesus, who is light. He is the light of the world. And if we have Jesus, we cannot walk in darkness. We the, uh, Darkness cannot overcome light. Light always overcomes darkness darkness a believer who is walking with jesus cannot be demon possessed however they can be oppressed not possessed but oppressed and i'll explain what i mean by that the devil or his demons can make the believer's lives a literal living hell if you will because he wants to discourage us from following jesus and he's going to do whatever he can to accomplish that goal he uses our close friends. He uses uh, co-workers. He uses family members. And any outside influence that has access to our lives and into our, our, our hearts, our children even. Uh, all it takes is, and this is the example I came up with, but it, all it takes is one unkind word, a lie. All it takes is a person that we trust to hurt us. And then all of these emotions start to bubble up inside of us like anger and doubt. And, and the next thing you know, division happens. And the next thing you know, we are discouraged. And then if, if the hurt and that pain is bad enough, we can even start to question God as to why he let that thing happen. And if we let a root of bitterness spring up inside of us, the next thing you know, we're mad at God. And then all of a sudden, we walk away from God and we, don't, we no longer follow him. Boom, right there. The devil has accomplished his goal. And then all of a sudden, we start thinking, how did I get here? How did I get to this point? How did this even happen? Well, the answer is easy. Where does Satan work? He works in our minds. 
And that's why we see TV shows and commercials where the angel's sitting on this shoulder and, and the, uh, the devil is sitting on the other shoulder. And they're both yapping in our ears trying to encourage the person to do whatever. The angel's trying to say, you don't want to do that. That's going against God's will. And the devil's over here whispering in this ear saying, oh, go ahead and do it. It's fine. You know, nothing's going to happen. You're going to be okay. And so he's encouraging us to sin, to go against God's will. Well, Romans 12, 1 through 3, Paul says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but here it is, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will um several years ago uh many years ago actually back i guess in the 90s kim hill had come out with a song uh, called renew my mind if you uh, get a chance look that up and listen to that song it's a really good song and that's what uh, that's what this that song uh is talking about talking about renewing our mind paul says that he dies daily meaning that he makes a decision every day to, even though he's an apostle, even though he's had conversations with Jesus, he can still be tempted. He can still fall away from God. He can still backslide. However you want to, whatever you want to say about that. So he says, "I die daily," meaning that he makes a decision to every day when he gets up that he's going to live for Christ that day, and he's not going to let the the selfish desires of his flesh rise up and and pull him away from God, because he knows who's behind that. He decides to put on the whole armor of God every day so that he can stand against the schemes of the devil and the, the schemes that the devil's going to throw on, uh, on him that day, those fiery darts that he talks about in Ephesians 6. Paul knows his strength, and he knows that in himself he can't do it. He cannot defeat Satan. He's too strong, and we've already talked about that. Because Paul says, hey, I, I'm in the flesh, and it, I, I'm too weak. Despite his strong relationship with Jesus, therefore, Paul knows that he's got to renew his mind on a daily basis. And so he decides that everything he does that day is going to glorify God and lift up the name of Jesus. And we got to do the same thing. We must renew our minds on a daily basis because we are filled every day with a bunch of junk from the world, whether it be through social media, whether it be through TV, on the radio, just all kinds of stuff. It's just a bunch of worldly garbage. And we all know who's behind it, Satan, because he's the ruler of this world. And so he's filling our mind with all this junk that's trying to, to lure us away from God, to discourage us from following God. He is so smart and he knows our weaknesses. The devil knows our weaknesses. And he'll throw out that lure like a fish hook and a worm on it that looks so tempting. And he's going to wait to see if we're going to you know, take the bait. And that's what we call temptation. In James 1, 13 through 16, James writes, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does God tempt anybody. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after the desire has conceived... It gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death or separation from God. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Here, and so that's what John says. Don't be deceived. You know, God doesn't tempt us in any way. Who does tempt us? Satan, because he wants us to fall. He wants us to backslide. He wants us to quit following God. He does not want us in heaven. He wants us to be in hell with him for eternity because he knows his fate and he's going to do everything that he can to discourage us. And so he's going to put out that carrot before us. He's going to put out that, that hook with that bait on it. And he knows what bait to use. He knows our weaknesses. He knows how to get us to fall. And so the key to all of this, the key to fighting against Satan, the key to re, uh, renewing our minds and to make sure that we are following Jesus is it, it comes from Psalm 119.11. When the psalmist writes, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We absolutely, on a daily basis, have to be in the word 
of God. I mean, our lives literally depend on this word, and we gotta we gotta eat on this. It, you know, the Bible talks about it being sweeter than honey. I don't like honey, but you know what? I like the word of God. I like sweet things. I, I like you know all kinds of stuff that's made out of sugar. You know, I like honey. But we have to be in the Word of God on a daily basis because the the, the devil is just looking for the least little crack that he could step his little toe in. And once he gets his little toe in, he, he puts three more toes in. And next thing you know, he's got a foot in the door. And next thing you know, he's got a foothold on our lives. So we have to absolutely be in the Word on a daily basis. Let me, let me give you a good example. And this is going to... Uh, uh, tie in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus had just given his disciples this survey we talked about in the last podcast at the beginning of Matthew 16. He wanted to know what the people were saying about him and he wanted to know what uh, the disciples thought about him and who they said that he is. And Peter makes that great proclamation by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And then in just a few verses later, we see how quickly and how easily Satan can influence someone who is walking on a daily basis with Jesus, literally walking with Jesus on a daily basis. Someone who was filled with the Spirit of God and was able to work miracles and how quickly Satan influenced their lives. Jesus tells his disciples, very plainly that he's going to be betrayed and he's going to die and he's going to be raised on the third day and he's going to start telling them this quite often from this point over uh, from this point on but guess who speaks up just after he makes this proclamation you are the christ you are the son of the living god peter after jesus makes the statement that he's going to die and be raised on the third day peter says no that ain't going to happen bro i'm not going to, i'm not going to let that happen Here's what Matthew says in 16, 22 through 23. Peter took Jesus aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, this will never happen to you. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. See, Satan is good at his game. Like I said a while ago, he knows what to do. He knows our weaknesses and he knows how to get us to sin. He knows how to discourage us from following Jesus. So my if it can happen to Peter, it can surely happen to you and me. And it will happen. And it's going to happen. We just have to be prepared for when it comes our way. When Satan or opposition comes against us and try to discourage us from following Jesus and trusting God. And the best way to do that is to be in the Word. Read your Bibles, people. Listen to it. Get, download the Bible app uh, from Version. You can punch play and just listen to it. Listen to podcasts. Listen to sermons. Listen to worship music. And renew your mind on a daily basis. Your spiritual lives, our spiritual lives, literally depend on it. Start each day off by making a commitment to follow Jesus and, and to be pleasing to Him. And I'm going to end the podcast with the words that Jesus tells His disciples after He sets Peter straight. He says, Jesus said to His disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, and I say you want to be a follower of Jesus, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Jesus says, You must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. You gotta die to yourself, dude. You got you gotta die to yourself, ma'am, and put Christ first. And that's what Peter wasn't doing. Jesus said, This is the Father's will, and you're trying to come against it. I'm gonna do the Father's will, and you need to get in line. And that's what he's telling us today. We need to get in line and let Jesus lead. And wherever he leads us, we're gonna follow. We're not gonna tell Jesus where to go. We're not gonna tell Jesus which way to turn, to the left or to the right. We're going to follow his lead. And Jesus says, if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what, you, and, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? 
If those who had given up their lives to follow Jesus on a daily basis, talking about the disciples, think about it. They had the power to cast out demons, to work miracles, to preach the kingdom of God. They went from house to house, and, and they brought so much joy and hope into people's lives. They were following Jesus and seeing him work all these miracles on a daily basis. But they had to be reminded of who's in control. They had to be reminded that, that God is all-powerful, that God is all-knowing, that God is everywhere, and He is in control, and the devil is limited. But yet, the devil can take the closest follower of Jesus and try to turn him against Jesus and try to turn him against doing God's will. And if, if the devil can do that to Peter who was a pillar of the church, a pillar of the faith, he can sure do it to you and me. And just as Jesus gives them this reminder, if you want to be a follower of mine, you got to give up your own way, you got to take up your cross, and you got to let me lead. you got to follow me. Hey, it can happen to us. So I just want to encourage you with these words. Get in the Word. Find you a Bible that you can read and understand. I don't really like the new uh, international version, the NIV. But hey, if that's all you got, read it. New Living Translation, great translation that's easy to understand. If you're a King James person, get you a, a, a you know, King James can be kind of hard because old English. Get you a new King James version. And, and it, it's been updated English. And, and you can understand it. But get you a, a, a version that you can understand and get to reading the Word of God. Your life, my life, our spiritual lives, our, our destination, our walk with Christ literally depends on God's Word. And if we want to renew our minds, we have to be in the Word. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. And keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrindedpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.